Everybody, welcome to part two. We're talking about our families. My special guest today is Pastor Luis Torres. On last week's program, we talked about his pretty much his story, his testimony, his life journey. But you, listen, stay tuned because on today's program, we're going to be talking about how can we defeat addictions. And today, the world is full of addiction: addiction to social media. Addiction to alcohol, addiction to abuse, addiction to self-pity. Oh, yeah. We have addiction of galore, someone yeah. said, right? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's almost like a plethora of addictions, and we can't get enough of a, addictions. And, and stay yeah. tuned, because we're going to give you an answer of how you can defeat addiction in your life, how you can defeat addiction in someone's you know, life. Yeah. We really need help. We need one another. Yeah. Pastor Luis Torres is the lead pastor of the Assemblies of God Sand Church Springs, yes. in Oklahoma. Sand Springs, Oklahoma. How is that place? Is that's that's different than New York City? How did you end up in that small <laughs> town and outside of Tulsa? I, I tell people that I was born in Puerto Rico, raised in New York and Philadelphia, and confused in Oklahoma. So, <laughs> but no, I was oh, I was in Bible College right here in Missouri. I attended Ozark Bible uh, College in Neosha, Missouri, and while I was there, the dorm supervisor to the women's program, son, pastored in a church in Fairfax, Oklahoma, mm. and she heard my testimony at a chapel at the, um, at the college when I spoke. president asked me to come give my testimony, found out that a teen challenge convert was going to college there and heard my testimony and asked me to speak at the church there where the college attended. And the dorm supervisor's son was a pastor in Fairfax. So she asked her son, would he have me come to Fairfax? So I went to Fairfax one weekend and to, give, to preach and give my testimony. And that's where I met my wife, Gail. And we, um, we, uh, I met her there. And, and, and then we went to, uh, I, asked, I was asked to go to outside of Tulsa, a place called Jenks, Oklahoma, where Old Roberts University is right down the road there. And she came to uh, hear me there, and we started seeing each other. And uh, we had our first date at the All Roberts University campus. And I asked her to marry me, and we have been married 49 years this coming Ooh, September. Wow. I got to applaud to that because today you don't hear of that number, no, especially no, in the church. No. You've been pastoring for... 14 years 14 in this church, years. and then seven years the previous church, and then the rest of that time, I've been in uh, traveling across the United States and different countries, Central South America, uh, for almost 31 years as an evangelist and uh, and a boy and 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 to penitentiaries. I've been mm -hmm. in so many penitentiaries all across the United States and Brazil, in Nicaragua, and in in Guatemala. I was I was in Bolivia. A couple of years ago, I went to a federal penitentiary there to speak in Bolivia, and I spoke in the main section. Mm -hmm. Then they put me in a surrogated area where they only had like 45 inmates, and they were all white-collar district attorneys that wow. were arrested, lawyers for drug 
trafficking, and they all came. Uh, out of the 45, there was about 30 that came, and half of them gave their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. It's especially, I mean, these, these guys had Wi-Fi in their cells. They had cell phones. I mean, but they needed Jesus. That's it. And, you know, they, they were legislating law, and now the law caught up to them. Ooh. This problem is not just a ghetto problem, a problem in, in, in just average home. It's all over the world. It's a runaway train. Let's talk about drug addiction. You've been pastoring a long time. Yes. You've seen a lot. Yeah. You've seen a lot of people with problems. Matter of fact, I believe that pastors are underrated. I think, you know, one of the people always ask, why pastors have to make this type of money? And why do they? Hey, if, if your life is worth something, wouldn't you want to take care of someone that is taking care of oh, your yeah. life? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you've been a pastor for a long time. You've seen a lot. Mm -hmm. But what has changed in these last few years when it comes to drug addiction that now has become affecting the church, within the church now? Because like you said, this drugs today, you can go undetected yeah. mm -hmm. and be addicted. What the difference, I believe, is with the, uh, what's happening today is that there is not one church whether it has 12 members or 1,200 members or 12,000 members, that somebody in that church has a life-controlling problem. Mm. And the pastor has got to learn how to deal with that situation. And when people understand what the problem is and they begin to turn them, uh, turn them over to the Lord, and the pastors realize that just because you're a pastor you you don't have the skills that somebody else has. The reason that I can help a person with a life-controlling problem is like the song that we sing. Mm. I want to spend my life mending broken people. People need to understand that only a person that's been mended can heal a person that needs to be mended. But every church has somebody with a life-controlling problem. I've had pastors call me about their youth pastors with life. I had a, a, a new, in the state of New Mexico, a, a young All right, youth let, pastor. Let's be real, right? I like to be real with people because everyone sees the news. You've watched the news. And there's we, we have to talk about this because the pastor from Hillsong, Pastor Houston, yes, you know, and it's been publicly, in that, and I don't talk about people, but we need to talk about some of the issues that, that are taking place, even from our pulpits today, yes. because all it does is tells you that we are in a dire need of one another. Yes. But the reality is that we found through this news piece that Pastor Houston had been dealing with prescription drugs that, is correct. that led to alcohol, that one drug leads to another. Exactly. Right. This you write in this book. Listen, you got to get this book. I'm going to put a link where you can go get this book. Get it right now. Mm -hmm. Whatever you need to do. Listen, you spend ten dollars in coffee and, and I got this cheap cup right here just to show you we spend a lot of money in coffee. Therefore, why can't we spend money on a book that can save our lives? It can save people's lives. You have information here. You write on, on page 14, mm -hmm. substance abuse has grown across the U.S. as the young and old alike have turned to drugs yep. and alcohol. Mm -hmm. According to a study by the American Addiction Center, 
this is not his opinions. This is professional people talking about where we are as a society and the world. But he says one in 11 young adults is heavy drinking. One in 10 young adults has an alcohol use disorder. Mm -hmm. One in seven young adults has substance use disorder. One in 13 young adults has illicit drug use disorder. I mean, I can go on and on and on. This means a pastor, youth pastor, yes. a doctor, your wife, the businessman, the, the, listen, this, this is affecting all of us, Pastor Luis Torres. But when we watch our, 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 our leaders in yes. the church being consumed with addiction, yes. what hope do we have? The hope we have is the hope that's always been there, the rock Christ Jesus. You know, we can, we can try to dismiss these, these songs that God gave the church. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. But when you're looking at those that data that you were giving, their drunk driving crashes are the reason for more than 10,000 deaths each year. And they are, unfortunately, I hate to say this, they are people that are so-called in the ministry or in ministry getting behind the wheel intoxicated, mm -hmm. taking, uh, abusing prescription pills and getting into trouble and having to take a sabbatical from their ministry because of uh, the use of of a of a prescription pill that was misused and a potential indiscretion in the middle of that it is trying to show i think that every person in the United States of America whether pastor whether doctor whether lawyer whether mother or father is an attack that the enemy wants to bring if he can bring the man of the house down, he can bring the whole house down. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and I want to tell you something. I tell a story. Nobody is Superman. Only the only super person is the super God. And if you want to get high, you're going to have to connect to the most high. And that's where you get, but everybody wants to be like, remember Muhammad Ali? Mm -hmm. He was, I mean, the greatest, the most undefeated uh, title holder for the championship, but he was very egotistic. Yeah. I am the greatest. Remember, <laughs> I am yeah. the greatest. He was, he was on an airplane after one of his championship fights, flying somewhere to, to, to do another championship fight, and he was around there shaking people's hand in the first class area of the plane, and people were saying, oh, Mr. Ali, and finally the plane had to take off. And he thought he was Superman. The cabinet attendant says, Mr. Ali, please sit down. The plane is going to take off. Sit down, please, and put on your seatbelt. You know what he told the stewardess? Superman don't need no seatbelt. You know what she told him? Superman don't need no airplane. Ooh. I want to tell you right now, <laughs> folks, there is only one king of kings, Lord of lords, and you're going to have to find out, and I pray you don't find out the hard way. Ooh. I pray that you don't have to, like I was in my book, I tell people I was hanging on Satan's torture rack, being tortured, shaking in the mornings when I get up and I needed to get that needle 
and, and to shoot it into my veins. And many times I was so desperate that I would miss the vein. Mm. I got to the point that in five years of shooting up all the veins on my right, my left arm collapsed. I was shooting drugs in the veins of my legs. I dropped down to about 140 pounds. Hepatitis was in my body. I almost died in the hospital with contagious hepatitis. You know, when your liver's gone, you're gone. Mm -hmm. But you know what? God went in that hospital, and he healed me, delivered me. I walked into the courtroom, and by the grace and mercy of God, the tall, skinny preacher walked in there and told the judge that there was a program that could help me a program called Teen Challenge, and I was l allowed to go there on October the 7th, on the 11th of October, in a little church in Medford, New Jersey. I got down on my knees, and Jesus totally manifested his strength and his joy in my life. And so today I sit on this set here, letting you know that the God of miracles, the God of life, the God of power can set preachers free, doctors free, parents free, teenagers free by the power of God. How did you stay clean for 51 years, Pastor? Because a lot of people struggle. The journey to staying clean is probably one of the most difficult aspects of making that decision because we go from using harsh street drugs yes. and what they do is they supplement them for over-the-counter drugs or prescription drugs, yet there's an identity crisis that takes place in this journey of trying to stay clean. The moment you do drugs, all you do after the second hit is you chase the first high. How did you prevent yourself from going back? How did you stay clean? I know there's a lot of questions, but people have those, those questions. How do I stay clean? I can't seem to. I get clean one week, then the next week I, I, I reverse back. How? What was the key for your success? The key for my success, first of all, was the uh, program Teen Challenge, the Teen Challenge Center, when I walked into the program, every morning you get up, 6 o'clock in the morning, you, you pray, you have your devotions, you have breakfast, and you have Bible study. The afternoon, they let you do some work around the property, and then in every evening, you have a, a, a service th two or three times a week. You go to church on Wednesday, you go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, but it's, it's not church that saves you. Going to church does not make you a born-again Christian any more than being born in a garage makes you a car. You've got to, you got to put the presence of God in you. So it was the word. David said in Psalm, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Mm. And that's, yes, and you asked me, did you ever, one time I, I was out on a pass and I went out to the city and I saw some of my friends, and I was overwhelmed by a temptation that maybe if I could try that, let's see what it feels like. I haven't had it in so long. And all of a sudden, I just remembered what my Bible school teacher at the church told me. Her name was Aunt Madge. She's a woman. I feel like she was 100 years old back then, but she's probably <laughs> only 60 because I was, I was just in my 20s. And she said, don't forget thy word. Have you hid in your heart that you might not sin against him? So when you go out to visit your family, don't smoke, don't drink, don't do none of that stuff. Don't use drugs. Thy word is hid in your heart that you might not sin. The Bible said, walk in the spirit 
and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh in Galatians. He never said you wouldn't have it. He said you wouldn't fulfill it. So it takes power on your part. Once again, what we talked about the last show, about the environment that you have inside of you. Wow. You know, that, that's you, powerful. Yeah. Talk about yeah. that because the environment is what we get hooked on. Yeah. The environment is the reason why we stay where we are. The yeah. environment is everything. It, it, it's, you know, professional people call it, those psychologists or sociology, sociology call it a community. Yes. Talk about that because that happened to me. Uh-huh. I needed to change my thinking, my way of, of yes. the way I carry myself, my my vocabulary, everything about me. If I was going to make it this far, yes. this, I couldn't afford to have one ounce of where I came from. No, you had what you have to do. You had to kind of separate yourself from the world. You're still in the world, but you're not of the world because you got the new world in you. See. What the government is doing, they're, they're trying to create a new world order that is totally opposed to the Holy Ghost order that God has put on the inside of us. He's put an environment in us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, 24. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. That's how he closed it. Paul the Apostle told the church of Galatia, but against such there is no law. There is no law that can stop you from being. The devil will throw the storms at you and at me. When we were out there, he threw storms at me when I was out there to get me to go do something. But you know what? The storms he threw at me was not more powerful than the joy that was in me. There you go. So it was already in me. I had the joy of the Lord in me, and it took me over to the other side, led my mother to the Lord, led my father to the Lord. My sister got right back with God. She had went walked away from the Lord. Uh, my brother, he just kind of would look at me like, wow. <laughs> you know, my friends would stop me. Uh, I'll tell you a real quick story. I was in Denver, Colorado, preaching for A.R. Trotter. And a guy by the name of uh, J- Jerry Marcucci, his father was a, was a dentist. His mother was a pediatrician. He came in. He was so messed up on drugs at Teen Challenge. I was one of the staff workers there, Philadelphia. And he got caught in the middle of the night. This is what he was doing. He was eating shoe polish and drinking, rubbing alcohol. Wow. He was so messed up. And he would always sneak out and do something. And it got to the point that we thought we were going to lose him. So we had to send him home. His father came and begged me. I was getting ready to go to Bible school and, and finish my Teen Challenge program. Would you take my son with you? I'll pay your college tuition for the whole year. Uh, you know, I'll send you. I'll take care of you if you'll take my son with you. I had to tell him, back to the environment, sir, I am not Jerry's savior. Mm. Jesus is. So I went on 10 years later. Wow. I am preaching in Denver, Colorado, and a guy comes to the back of the revival, then he's standing there, hands like this, just looking at me hair, natty hair, beard, and all of a sudden, I kept looking at him. He came to the end service, and I made the altar call. He didn't come. He just stood there. So when it was over, I went back there, Christ Church, Denver, Colorado, and I said, can I help you? 
He says, I can't believe it. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I can't believe it. You still, this thing really works. I said, what are you talking about? He says, don't you remember me? I'm Jerry Marcucci. He had been on the run. Warren's out for him in Philadelphia. Ended up in Denver, Colorado and ran into me. And I talked to him. I said, let me pray with you. Oh, no, no, no. And ran out of the building. Follow the story. Five more years later, I'm preaching at Roxborough Assembly of God Church in Philadelphia. And sitting in the back is a man and a woman, well-dressed, and a young man, well-dressed. When I walk over, the pastor said, these people won't talk to you. I walk back to this, and the man says, Reverend Torres, remember me? I said, no. He says, I'm Dr. Marcucci. He's my wife. This is my son, Jerry. Jerry came back after he met me in Denver, mm -hmm. turned himself into the police, gave off life to Jesus Christ, did five years in the penitentiary, got his degree in Bible college, and was going into the ministry. Wow. Because of the impact of somebody's testimony. And you, this is what I love about yeah. that story, yeah. is that you remain true to the environment. And he saw that. The consistency. The consistency. I, yeah. I was telling a group of young men yesterday after the program, and I said, be careful who's around you when you're struggling with life. Yeah. Because who you have around you would depend yeah. if you're still going to live or die. Mm -hmm. I know it's extreme, but you got to understand drugs are extreme. It's either life or death. There's no in between. Mm -hmm. You got to get this book right here, Defeating Addictions and life-controlling problems. It is going to give you the insight of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a new drug, yes. fentanyl, that is yes. killing people instantly. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a, a few moments to, to pray for those that are watching, but real quick, why has fentanyl become such a drug that is, is killing people on their first try? Because people are underestimating the effects and the potent that's in it and to the people that have struggled with addictions, they're tired of taking the barbiturates and the opiates because it doesn't get them high fast enough. Mm. And so they want something. And, and the devil is promising you, you want a fast high? Join my party. So fentanyl is part of the main party. Already has uh, killed uh, over 100,000 this year ages 18 to 45 years old. And it's increasing, increasing, destroying, destroying, bringing havoc, coming into our country uh, from China to the United States through Arizona border and the Texas border. And it's a destructive, destructive, uh, potent power of drugs that only Jesus can set people free from. Only. You know, what, one of the things is this, Pastor Torres, is that you are an example that the gospel works, yes. that the gospel is sufficient enough that can still change people's lives. Listen, I don't know what environment you find yourself in right now, but you're not going to change if you continue to stay in that environment. You probably wonder, I don't know why I keep taking five steps back. Well, it's your environment. Mm-hmm. The environment has everything to do on why you're stuck in life right now, why you can't seem to walk away from that, from that abusive relationship, why you continue to be around friends that keep pulling you back into the same system. 
I'm going to ask Pastor Torres to pray for you, for God to give you the strength to walk away from that environment, to begin to change the environment in your mind, the environment in your heart. You are not what the environment says you are. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for you so you can have a new life. Pastor Luis Torres, take the next few minutes and just minister to that person watching that is struggling to leave that environment. Father, I reach out right now in the Holy Spirit, Father, to the young girl that's been on drugs, that's pregnant, and is trying to head to an abortion clinic to try to get rid of a child that she knows that she cannot help. And she's right, she cannot help. But Lord, there are people out there that could help her have that child and put that child in a safe place with some safe parents, Lord. I pray that you would let her stop right now, rethink her decision. I pray for that young man that's thinking suicide right now in his mind. I ask you, young man, rethink it. God's got a good life for you. Shake off that dangling uh, spirit that's in your mind and say, I will not take my life. I pray for that mom, for that dad. I pray that they would get on the phone right now get on the web for this ministry and get this book and put it into the hands of their children, Father. And I pray that you will just set them free and I speak healing. And I pray and I want you to pray right now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the mighty Holy Spirit. Say, Father, save me, forgive me, deliver me, give me a brand new life, a brand new heart and a brand new beginning and put the environment of the kingdom of God in my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, thank you for tuning in today. I want to thank you, Pastor Torres, for joining me thank in the Orange so Couch. I, I appreciate your friendship, your love, you. your consistency in serving God, and you are a great example that the gospel works. Praise 51 God. years you. later, yes. I can tell you that this is who we look up to, that it hasn't been easy, no, but not. yet it works. And this is the thing. Quit judging people. Quit judging preachers. Amen. Quit judging the church. Listen, quit getting stuck on what everyone else is saying. Yeah. Try it for yourself. Because when you do what the word says, it works. Call me today. Go to the website, Defeating Addictions, Life Controlling Problems. You're also going to receive Destined for Hell, the life story of Luis Torres. This is going to touch your life. We are living in a moment in history where we're losing people to overdose, and we have the answer. The gospel still works. The gospel is sufficient enough to change your life. It changed my life 26 years ago. It changed Pastor Torres' life 51 years ago. It is the same gospel. Ooh, I don't mean to preach. It is the same gospel that took a 51-year-old, a drug-addicted man, for 51 years, he's been sober. 51 years, he's been serving God. For 26 years, I've been serving God. Don't tell me that the gospel doesn't work. Thank you, Father. It works. It works for me. It's going to work for you. It's going to work for your family member. But you got to leave that environment. You got to leave where you are. Listen, the first step is getting this information in your hands. Once you leave that environment, you pick up new material to be able to help you walk through the process of the journey of life. Who knows? One day you're going to use your story Amen. to change someone's life. I got to go. 
Listen, keep the faith. Call me right now. Get the books. Get them in your hands. Get them in someone that you love that needs it today. We know that the gospel works. Watch what God can do when you say yes to God. I got to go. Call me. Go to the website. Join me in this journey. Let's help continue to preach the gospel around the world. The gospel still works. Watch it work in your life. I got to go. Bye-bye.